Welcome to Wear Who You Are, a podcast that takes the fear out of fashion and holds space for everyone to explore how to connect your authenticity with your personal style. I'm your host, Natalie Tincher, founder of BU Style, expert style strategist, and your enthusiastic friend and safe space of support. I believe that every person has a style and every style deserves a seat. With over a decade of experience working with hundreds of personal clients, I've learned a thing or two about how to help others have a healthy and holistic approach to navigating how to build a wardrobe that reflects who you are. So pull up your seat and let's get started. Welcome back to this week's Wear Who You Are Wednesday. It is becoming really my absolute favorite day of the week. And it's an extra, extra favorite Wednesday because I get to chat with another of my favorite people, Rebecca Robles, who is also heading up the newest branch of my business, BU Style, which we're calling BU Beauty. And it helps clients navigate the world of beauty, primarily in the makeup realm with hair tips as well. But before we get to Rebecca, I wanted to share some exciting retail recon that I have stumbled upon in recent months that is a much-needed answer to an oft-asked and lamented client quandary. That is comfortable shoes for bunions. Yes, a lot of us have bunions. According to the National Library of Medicine, one in three women over the age of 65 have bunions. And Novant Health cites more than 100 million Americans have bunions. Another thing I learned in my research is that the blame game of wearing uncomfortable high heels when you were young may not be the main culprit. According to the Cleveland Clinic, anyone can develop a bunion. Certain groups of people who are more likely to have bunions include people assigned female at birth, people whose biological parents have bunions or issues with their foot mechanics, and more than 70% of people with bunions have a biological parent who's had them. And finally, people with a history of foot injuries, including athletes. So if you're born female, the odds are against you right out of the gate. Just chalk one more thing up. And if one of your biological parents had bunions, well, then you heard the percentage. So for those of you bunion-bearing women, first, you are clearly not alone. In fact, I would say these numbers are pretty in line with my smaller client sampling. It's not gross. It's not weird. It's not embarrassing. Let's normalize the bunion bump. And as always, make sure you consult with your medical provider for ways to alleviate your pain because, you know, we don't want you to be in pain. So speak of alleviating your pain, as a stylist, I was thrilled to be introduced to the brand Soul Bliss. That's S-O-L-E, Bliss. They came onto my radar last year and were recently featured in the New York Times as a brand worn by celebrities on the red carpet. So they have sneakers, they have boots, they have flats, they have heels, you know, they have all sorts of gamut of things. So they cover a range of dress levels. And so I just want to remind you that I do not get any sort of commission by promoting them. Um, I just like to share. And as usual, I don't want to gatekeep my information. So I feel it's my responsibility to give you my findings. And so really what I love with all my findings is that it's a great time to be alive and that brands like Soulbliss are making actually something that's fulfilling a need that we have to make fashionable shoes for women with wide feet or bunions. So if you've been plagued, know that we're lucky to be living in a modern world where, you know, we have a long way to go to include all of the things that we need. But here is a pathway for you to support your unique style needs like a company like Soul Bliss. So I'll continue to share these companies as I find them. If you have a need or quandary that you would 
like to see if I have a resource for, please, as always, hop into my Instagram on my DMs and let me know. And I will see if I have an answer or I will go to the ends of the earth to find one for you. All right. I am so, so thrilled to be having this conversation today with somebody I just adore, uh, Rebecca Robles. Rebecca is a professional makeup artist and hairstylist with 15 years in the beauty industry. She is also a professional actor, singer, and writer. She holds a degree in vocal performance, and Rebecca is a proud Mexican-American, and I am proud to call her a friend, a colleague, a beautiful human being that I get to interact with now really regularly. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Hi, Natalie. Good morning. Good evening. (laughs) More where whenever you're listening to your podcast, it's evening yeah. course here, and I have to be fully transparent. I had a day in which I it's a little rainy today when we're recording in New York, and I was shopping with a client on Madison Avenue, so I was outside, but I got all ready. So Rebecca has <laughs> uh, there has been a a numerous comments on my change <laughs> on my podcast appearance by clients and friends who noticed that something was different. And that little secret I'm going to let you in on was not anything but the brilliant Rebecca taking me oh. on this amazing shopping trip to learn how to apply makeup. Because while you may be surprised, I have the style portion figured out. I am legitimately a Luddite when it comes to makeup. So I'm excited to dive in and get Rebecca's point of view and collaborate on that. But I use all of my tips. I use all of my tools. And so when I came back and kind of rushed to this podcast, I literally could put on my little pressed powder, refresh my lipstick mm-hmm. and check to make sure I didn't have schmutz anywhere. And I was ready. So I hope I did a, I hope I did an okay job. I hope I did you right. I mean, I couldn't be more proud. I feel like I've I've done what I need to do. I'm ready to pass on. (laughs) You look great. You look great. You look radiant. You look like you. And yeah, no, amazing. I would have had no idea you rushed. Looks like you've been sitting here waiting patiently for days. (laughs) Well, you know, it's that magical pressed powder and the lipstick thing, which I've never, ever worn (laughs) lipstick unless it was like forced on an event until... Rebecca helped me. So we can do hard things and I feel super empowered. um, And I'm so, I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, I, that was so, your words are so kind and I really appreciate that. And um, it makes me feel good that you feel seen and held from that process still. So that's great. I do. It's been almost a year. So tell me, um, you're clearly a multi-talented human being on paper and also just the kindest, but tell me how you even came to this world of beauty. Well, I do have, I was thinking about this. I have a corny answer that I I am going to go with because it's just the truth and also happens to be corny, (laughs) which I feel like most of my truth is corny, which is great. But um, yeah, I think the the real one little kernel moment I remember, I was two and my mom um I think could see that I I I liked art, I liked drawing, I liked 
painting. She could tell I really liked um, being creative in that way. And she got me some little like kid makeup maybe from Toys R Us. I think it was just like some sort of generic hot pink powder, (laughs) all purpose powder for everywhere on the body (laughs) Mm -hmm. and package for a child with like a little, one of those like cool, was it like a kitten caboodle box with like the heart shaped lock? Is that what it's I literally was just talking to somebody about caboodles the other day that you, they look like like tackle kits and, but you, everybody (laughs) took them to your sleepover and Uh like caboodles were the coolest. (laughs) They were the coolest. And to be honest, I wish I wish makeup bags looked more like that, but um, I had something like that. My mom got it for me. I took to it quickly, and I think what stuck out to me as I was kind of going over this memory the other night <clears throat> was um, I really didn't think of it like makeup at all. I certainly, at two or three years old, did not think of it as beautifying myself. Um, it was kind of – it just sort of was lumped into the rest of my art supplies, and I do remember, like my mom had a routine every morning getting ready for work and I would watch her as a kid. So I did make the connection that it was, these items were for the face, were for getting ready. But I I remember, so I took this powder, this generic hot pink powder and I climbed, I remember she was like, yeah, you can do my makeup if you want. And I don't even know if I a hundred percent knew what that meant, but I crawled up on her lap. She was sitting in a lazy boy um, in our apartment to paint a picture. I crawled up on her lap and just started drawing on her face with hot pink powder. (laughs) And like pretty quickly, she was like, whoa, whoa, oh, oh, like, you know, she was loving and let it happen, but was also like, okay, like maybe, maybe slow down. (laughs) But I do remember instantly liking the feeling and in being very excited by the idea of like, oh, wow, this is a whole other canvas and a whole other world is like moving art off the floor <laughs> and paper and um, onto a person. And it was really, I remember just feeling like this surge of energy. And that truly was the first time that I can remember being like, I want to keep this going. I want to keep doing art in this way. And that plus, performing. Um, those two things never left my body. (laughs) Like I think I've just, yeah, kept those going. And then it grew from there. The beauty part grew into, um, doing makeup and hair for my friends and family, not for, um, money really only because I didn't think of it as a job. (laughs) Um, and I just couldn't keep my hands off people's heads and faces as like a kid. I do remember my dad having to be like, what, Becky, stop. Like, Becky, stop, stop touching everybody's face. (laughs) But yeah, then it grew into as I performed more um, and started working more professionally as performer, then having to do my makeup and hair to get ready for these appearances, having to then being asked or looked to to help other people get ready for performing and then starting to get that feedback as like a young adult of like, oh, you're you're good at this. And um, it grew and grew from there. I'll say the quick jump to then it becoming professional in terms of um, thinking of it more like a job was I had moved to New York to perform. I really needed more money nannying and working as a 
um, front desk person at an ice rink wasn't cutting it. (laughs) And I was painting faces in Central Park for birthday parties, doing all kinds of things. Um, The Nielsen rating service was somewhere in there as well. (laughs) And then I remember calling my dad and being like, oh, man, I, I really wish I could find a job that I can do while I'm pursuing performing that I love but is sustainable somehow. I just feel like that's impossible. And he was like, I've never understood why you don't charge people to do makeup and hair. And then it clicked where I was like, oh, I just never thought of it like a job. I thought it was something I like to do. I'm good at. It gets, it gives me the chance to build community and be around friends. So then that's when that transition started to really retraining or just sort of a seeing it, reframing it as like, oh, this is a profession. This is, um, this has a lot of value beyond money, just like people like valuing my time. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a condensed version of the, the journey. I think it's so interesting to hear the origin and that I remember, I think so many young kids have that memory of, I took my mom's lipstick and started like drawing all over her face. But then to hear you say that lit you up and excited you versus mine coming at my end was dressing up my Barbies, that's sticking with me, then doing it on friends, you know, just for fun, like, let's go shopping, let me pick out some things for you. And then and just it was pure joy until I realized it could be a career. And I just... um posted an article that I was, gave some career advice to some organizations now where I think um, the younger generation is encouraged to to fulfill pursuits that maybe aren't directly correlated to a major or something that you attained. And yeah. it was just, I'm so happy that you took that passion. You had the encouragement from your dad to say, I love this and, and because, and even because I love this, I can and should be charging for this special gift yeah. that I have because you have a gift. Well, thank you. That is that really makes me feel good. Thank you. I um, yeah. I think perhaps in a nutshell, like money makes me wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> I think it was Fran Lebowitz. I saw a quote from Fran recently that was like, "I hate money, but I love things," and I feel the same way. Um, if you haven't watched uh, Pretend It's a City, her um, the miniseries, it's, it's so good. Highly recommend it. But that's exactly how I feel. Like I hate money. I wish, I wish we didn't need it. But we could all have things <laughs> that make us happy and give things that make other people happy. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been like a learning uh, process in that way to marry the two. It's very hard to feel like you're charging for things that you love, but then also I think you have to grow into this fact that it's also the people, at least for me, the people that I want to be around me, I want to pay the people. I want all of these very talented people in my life to want to pay me and I want to pay them because 
if I want anyone to be the rich people, I want it to be my kind, wonderful, inclusive, beautiful community and keep it out of the hands of, you know, maybe some people that I don't align (laughs) so much with. Name them, name them. (laughs) No. (laughs) In a private conversation. (laughs) Maybe another time. Another, another, oh, right. That was what I was saying on the phone, uh, the After Dark podcast. There you go. We'll do do that. (laughs) Maybe that's next. I think that, yeah, it's interesting. Something you said makes me think about, I think when you are in a creative position or when you are, you are pursuing creative arts, um, it can be, I find that I come up against this question a lot from people where they're like, oh, well, but what do you like more? Or what are you better at? I'm talking about having two professions where it's like- I'm talking about acting and makeup artistry. Yes, exactly. Um, Where I I fully can feel that people are well-intentioned, but that question of like, well, what do you like more? What do you like better? Um, Sometimes it's like, uh, well, which one makes you happier? Or which one would you rather be doing? Like, there's an assumption that one of them you don't take seriously or sometimes there's an assumption of um, maybe you aren't that good at how can you possibly be good at two things? Like maybe you have to do more than one job because you're actually kind of, may I swear on this podcast? Yes, you may. <laughs> that like, oh, maybe you're doing more than one job because you're shitty at all these jobs. And I th- think that, again, even though well-intentioned, and I, I usually take that as just someone being curious, I feel like it it's helpful for people to understand that it's just not uncommon when you're in a creative field to take on multiple jobs and even not in a creative field to have multiple things you do that you're passionate about, that you're good at, that you're pursuing. I think to what you were saying about like the um, the younger generation, I, I love Gen Z. I'm so excited Gen Z is around. I love Gen Z too. <laughs> yeah, I am too. like, I love seeing especially the girl groups of Gen Z and how much they support and lift each other up. And it literally is like, hi, Barbie. Like, I love you. I love you. We're all great. We're all different. We're all wonderful. It's so cool for me to see. It's so cool. I, um, I love how impassioned they are when they speak and how they're not, Gen Z doesn't collectively seems to feel very confident speaking up, which is really inspiring to me. And yeah, I just think that there can be, I feel like it's a good reminder to recognize privilege if we're asking questions, like our own privilege when we're asking something like, well, are you doing two, two or more jobs because you're, you're not very good at one of those things? Or like, are you doing, like, what's wrong? What's, going, what's wrong with you? And I, I think there's a lot of privilege in that too financially, I think that it can be really hard. I, From my own experience, certainly it's hard to make money as a creative. And often there's no choice but to take on one or two or three or four jobs or, or to go back to school, get another degree um, so that you can still be creative. I, I know so many people in my life. I have so many friends I look up to who are I'm thinking of someone right now. She's a professional actor, a lead on a television show, so talented. Actually, she made these earrings, um, Janice Meeting. I'll just say her name. She's incredible, and you should look her up. She made these beautiful earrings, and she's also a teacher. 
She's a professional educator. She worked in the public school system for many years here in New York, and she's an incredibly talented actor, writer, activist. She's Lakota, and she beaded these, and which I just can't stop saying <laughs> because I'm so so proud of these custom They're earrings. So she beautiful. Made me. We'll tag her and uh, we'll put her in the <laughs> show notes too. Yeah, but I think just thinking about people like that who really inspire me, where they are doing uh, more than one thing and there's no apologies for it and there's no need to explain why am I doing two things. There's a comfort in being in the and, I find, and I, I think it is getting more accepted, but it, um, you know, it was, I came from editing and then I moved to this career of being a stylist and an entrepreneur and it was, yeah, but you're going to get rid of that. It's like, no, I'm, I am an editor every day. And I happen to be good at it and I love people and I love this creative space that I get. And I, I see that in you, um, in so many ways. And so I want to see then to continue on that. How do you feel like each part enhances the other? Cause I see it as to me, a beautiful, unique package that you have that I feel like probably gives your creative brain stimulation in each, each realm. Yeah. Well, um, so how do, how does being a performer and being makeup artist, hairstylist enhance the other? Yeah. And what parts are they fulfilling in you? I find, well, both of them, obviously creative outlet community. I love people. I love connecting with other people. I'm a storyteller at heart. And I find that, um, storytelling can still happen through, makeup and hair and not even can still like that is what is happening. I feel like I think you have a very similar viewpoint on this of like we're storytelling every day. And what I love about just by how we present, how we choose to dress and do our hair and makeup. Um, And it's really fun with makeup, how minute to minute, not just day to day, or can you maybe tweak your look? Not even, I know we hear a lot about like a day to night look or like an office to party look or something, you know, something like that when it comes to makeup. What I love about makeup is its impermanence, which meaning you can change it second to second, not even like day to night. It's like, I can literally wipe my mouth right now and it's a whole new look and it communicates a whole new thing, not even just to other people, but to myself. And that's really exciting to me when I'm think, thinking as a storyteller is your your look can express how you're feeling truly second to second. And that's very empowering more than scary, I find. And even the scary parts, the vulnerable part of how you're, that maybe someone might, hmm, what are, what's going on there? Oh, does Rebecca want to feel more powerful today or look more awake because she has hot pink lipstick on? Maybe. <laughs> But like, that's okay, you know, kind of a reminder of like, well, other people are going to project what they may think that might be true. And that's okay. But knowing like, what does it mean to me? What does it spark in me? That's really exciting. And so I find that there is a link a strong link between performing and makeup where choices are being made for like, what kind of story you want to tell and how you want to make yourself feel and other people feel. And in that way, I don't even see them as a different job. It's interesting that you say that too, since I now 
have been emboldened by your um, support is that even Rebecca gave me multiple choices to make when I wake up in a day. And there are times when my story is, I just want to put on tinted moisturizer. I just want to maybe throw some mascara and some tinted lip balm on because my story isn't about coming in strong and coming in powerful, but other moments, high impact moments, let's say, I may say, you know what? I want to use all of the tools in my toolkit in order to show up fierce and magnetic and bold. And um, I want to tell that story of the Natalie that's resilient and yeah, like magnetic. Yeah. Well, you do just so you know, (laughs) you do. Um, And I think that's making me think about the days maybe you don't want to wear any makeup or do your hair at all, or um, maybe very, very little. That's still um, my wish would be this goes without saying, but I find that it still doesn't for a lot of people. Is that that's still beauty. That's still part of your beauty routine. That's still an as powerful and incredibly important choice as a person who wants to do a full glam look every day. Um, like I don't do even this much every day, and I, for me, I don't think this is a lot. That kind of gets into another thing of like sometimes if a a client, someone I'm working with is like, so is this what I do for work? Is this what I do? And I really hear that question. I take it in and think to myself, like, you know, because where I'm coming from is there's no one right way to show up as yourself for work. So it's kind of going deeper and really getting at this root of like, well, I get that you, it's important. It's a value of yours to honor and show respect to where you're working or maybe the audience you're going to be in front of, but also like, let's make sure we don't lose sight of ourselves. And that's so, so it's, it always takes me, I have to take a pause even for myself. Cause when someone says, okay, so this is it, right? What we did today, that's it. And I'll always do this. I need, I take a breath. Cause it's like, no, <laughs> that's just not, not true. And that's a good thing actually. Like I get excited. My hope is with working with someone, they get excited that when they hear that no, it's actually, oh, cool. I have like a bunch of empowering decisions I get to make now. And also it's absolutely overwhelming at first, um, which is normal. That's the church bell um, in case anyone at home is experiencing (laughs) that beautiful fake computer church bell sound (laughs) that the church Beautiful. Um, not a real bell. Uh, we're not in Europe in a in a quaint city. So what I love about what you just said is that therein lies the reason why I had an experience with Rebecca and just knew our philosophies are so aligned with that. Let's teach some fundamentals. Let's empower people to have a knowledge. And then let's also empower them to use that knowledge to communicate their intent, who they are, to play, to have fun, to experiment, that it's not a strict, rigid set of rules. And it's actually such a beautiful way to show going back to the ands of yourself. And so I I want to kind of get into this beauty realm then first and just you know, Rebecca has transparently worked with me um, before just doing full faces for headshots, um, 
my 40th birthday, we did some super fabulous creative 80s glam. And then through these conversations, you know, we were talking about how that is so fun and that's so amazing. And I felt fabulous. And what do I do every day? Because I truly had, um, of, um, I wouldn't say a negative experience, but I like to, again, be empowered with choices and a knowledge that works for me. That's personal to me. And I, I, don't say this with any disrespect to the industry, and I'd like to give you to give us a little bit of a behind the scenes for understanding. But sure. when you walk into a department store and you get corralled to a chair, and it's with a perfectly lovely makeup artist, but they're pushing their store's product, and then sometimes I'd go to the same artist because I really liked what they gave me, and then the next year they would tell me everything they gave me the year before was wrong or some of the sure. products were wrong, and so all of a sudden I'm spending another few hundred dollars, or I walk into a drugstore and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to choose. So I feel like there's just so many choices, and I know, um, and it, it's yes. it's so in fashion too, but in beauty it was such an, a unknown realm because I didn't grow up with this foundation. So um, if you would just start by giving us just a little behind the curtain peek on (laughs) what's happening, um, why is that the experience that most people have? Sure. Starting with the department store experience, um, I, this, my answer is coming from someone I've worked at. I worked for um, Shiseido at the counter at a Nordstrom in California. And I loved it. Um, This is a very like nuanced, it's probably going to be a nuanced answer because I start with, I really, really loved that job. I have like very fond memories of that job. I had, I experienced incredible community working with the other um, women in the cosmetics department. Um, I was excited to go to work every day. It was really, I, yeah, I was in college. I loved getting to touch and feel all the products and play with everything. It was nice that people were so open uh, and you didn't have to make an appointment to have your makeup done. So they were just someone just, you didn't know what was going to happen. Anyone could sit down, a kid going to prom, maybe someone who'd never worn makeup before, uh, adults, kids, everybody. It was really exciting. Um, I think probably the ADHD part of my brain also loved, like there were a million things going on at any time super creative, wonderful people. And yeah, I definitely learned pretty quickly also about the other things going on where you're being an associate is often struggling with being asked to push certain types of products on a given day, hit certain goals. Like any store might have just certain goals that you have to hit, which can interfere with what you as um, an artist really want to maybe sell to someone. And it was a little difficult to figure out, well, how do I, um, how am I, how do I remain truthful, but then also meet my quotas because I, I don't want to lose hours on the calendar. I need money. Like that's where it was coming from for me was, yeah, I love makeup. I love who I work with. And I'm, I'm in a situation where I, I need this job for, to pay my bills to keep my room that I'm renting. (laughs) And so it's tough. And I think that um, when you go into a store, when I go into a store today, I'm definitely coming from a place of deep empathy and respect for the sales associates because 
I know firsthand how hard that job is and how no matter how much you love makeup, that you're most likely taking this job because you have to. And I have a lot of respect for, okay, maybe they're being, maybe a particular associate is being pushy, but it's coming from a good place. It's not their fault. It's, wow. I mean, if we pull out, it's capitalism. <laughs> and I I feel like it's important to emphasize that. And rather than maybe viewing it as like, oh, wow, this is um, scary and I don't feel like I can trust anyone, it can be helpful to have that knowledge of like, well, this is where they're coming from because these artists want to stay in the rotation. They want to stay on the schedule. They want to be given the better shifts. And the way you get that in that job often is by your sales and by pushing the products you're being told from people above you, you have to do. So where I like to come in is not to at all, like I don't think of myself as a better artist as anybody working in a store, but just as someone who has that knowledge and can communicate that with an associate and say like, hey, like I, I really appreciate what you're showing us today, what you're pulling. Um, I actually already have an idea of what we need and I want to help you get this, the sale. Like I, I think that my, my job is coming in to really explain and protect both parties and yeah, I just, I think that in that way, if you know that as someone, especially if you've never worked in that position before as an a sales associate with quotas and goals to hit from your boss, from the company, that can be helpful to kind of go in with a little more, I'm rubbing my heart because <laughs> I do that to calm down, but yeah, to go in with more kindness and empathy for like, I feel you, I see where you're coming from. I get that maybe you're pushing this hair mask on me because if you sell three of those this hour, you get a free hair mask. I know I did. If it's like, I would come into work and like, if you sell, Rebecca, if you sell three from this rack of hair products, you can pick any $80 hair mask. And I was like, my mom wants a hair mask. This is amazing. I get a free present for my mom for Christmas. That makes total sense. And like, I would never in a million years, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't uh, judge that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's, the associates are working within the framework that's been made for them fairly and unfairly. So that's, yeah, where I come in is to be the, the not medium. <laughs> I don't see ghosts, but the mediator. You're the mediator. And, and I relate to that so much too. And there's so many things that I think it's good to remember that sales associates also, they know their products so well. And so when, if you do come in with a plan, we also, as consumers, it is, you know, part of now our responsibility with so many choices to ask the right questions and, to um, utilize the best of what they're there for. And I think um, just to back up then in the process, so let me just explain what Rebecca did for me, um, which is why now she is part of my company, BU Style, as a team member opening a BU Beauty branch to help empower people to be able to make these choices as a consumer um, that's respectful 
to the people working and also feel empowered. So Rebecca, um, when we were sitting doing our, our makeup one session, she mentioned how, you know, I said, it's really for me intimidating. Oh yeah. And it's, it's really important to me. So, you know, I called her a few months later when I was like, I'm seeing myself on this podcast and I'm in on stage more and I can't, I can't afford to have a beauty person coming all the time. I'm not in that position to be able to have somebody do my event makeup. I said, but, and I want to feel empowered to take charge of this, um, much like my clients do with style and the tools we give them. So we went through my current makeup bag um, virtually. And then Rebecca made a beautiful plan for me. And this is now what she does for her clients and a plan that included the tools that I would need. Um, mm-hmm. Brushes scared me. She's like, don't be scared. We're going to get through this. They're and scary. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're like, just there's so many of them. There's so, like, many. Oh, there's yeah. so many. There's so many. And um, this thing called a beauty blender, which I'm sure most of you know about, but it's been like the most life-changing thing I've told hundreds of people about. I'm like, do you know there's like a sponge that you get wet and then you just dab it on your Incredible. face and it looks even and not clumpy and streaky? Um, yeah. So she made this list ahead of time and then we went to Bloomingdale's, Sephora, and MAC and she already had a plan for me and was so lovely with the associates too. So looping into what you said of making sure that she respected their commission and their goals and their whatever their incentives are by saying, we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to you and purchase this from you. Here's the plan. So I came and ushered beautifully into this actually really fun makeup experience in which I had a variety of brands. I had knew the shades that worked for me. And then Rebecca showed me how to use it. So yeah. we had these, she showed me how to apply it. Um, then we did a demo on the eyes because the eyes were, you know, the, they're the tricky. kind of they're... tricky thing. I learned that yeah. your eyebrows should be um, cousins, not twins. Yeah. Right? Cousins, sisters, whatever sisters. you uh, I think I had a teacher tell me, what, yeah, eyebrows are, think of them like sisters, not twins. I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> and that was yeah. like really helpful. She gave me all of these little tidbits and then I left and I'll admit it was the first time I'm like, I feel like me. I look amazing. I think I can do this, but that was a lot of information. So then she went through right. and told me how to use each tool and gave me, clicking back to what we said earlier, this permission to say, you're not going to mess it up. It doesn't have to look the exact same way. And right. it's going to feel more comfortable the more that you do it. And I will say the first time it took me a little bit longer to do it because I was like really careful looking close. And now I legitimately know which steps I want to cut out when I know I I just feel this, the way that she guided me feels like I have this buildable set of skills that no, I know I'm not, I don't have all the training you have, but you taught me how to style essentially. So you followed the process I use with clients. I could relate to because we did the wardrobe, the sort through my, what I had. You didn't make me feel like I was horrible. I had like some tools that were useful. You had great things now let's, and let's just make it better. So that was the process we went through. So when we talk about going through a department store, this is where, um, Rebecca was coming in of gracefully hand, like working through this process. So I walked through and feeling like I can make, I can be, um, excited by the adventure versus, overwhelmed and maybe a little scared. 
Absolutely. I um, thank you for outlining that whole process. That's uh, as I think I want to sign up too. <laughs> I'm going to take me shopping tomorrow. Um, yeah, I uh, I really love doing that. I I love um, helping people. I've been doing that for my friends and family for years. I genuinely, it brings me, uh, gosh, just sitting here, I wish I could like ball up what I'm feeling and just show that it's easier, but it brings me a lot of joy, warm feelings, um, and just through the roof, through the skull, <laughs> joy. It's blowing out of the top of my head to just see, like I'm thinking of a good friend. I take them shopping. Maybe they just went through a breakup. Maybe they are getting back into dating. Maybe they are starting a new job or they're happy in their relationship with themselves or with another person, love their job, but just like feel a little blah and want a boost. Or they've been using the same CVS makeup like me <laughs> for 20 years and just want to see what else is out there at CVS or at a different store. And it makes me feel really good because A, I love talking about products. I love walking around the city with friends. And this is something that comes easy for me is hearing what your concerns and needs are. And then immediately I just start making a list of like, how can I make your bathroom counter make you excited to get up in the morning and get ready for your day? Um, and it just feels, it's really fun for me and it's for whatever reason, just the way my brain works. And so, um, I feel really lucky that I get to do that as a job, um, and working with you so great. So you remind me of, uh, actually just today, my client, um, and I were speaking about something that's really important when we have the opportunity to do this and it's not necessarily what you need, it's who's it's what you need and who's helping you do it. And what I found, but yeah. I do find so lovely. And, um, Rebecca has worked with a few of the clients she's worked with through BU beauty have also been my clients and it's been overwhelming feedback that what you give them to is the space to feel seen, acknowledged, protected, held. And so you don't have this feeling of, um, giving them shame around the fact that, you know, maybe I want a natural look or I want this look, or this is feeling a little hard for me. You don't, I, I don't take for granted the fact that your approach was really helpful for me too, to look at it from the lens of what I do and how my clients may be feeling because something that comes so natural and fun and wonderful for me, it, I was scared. I'll, I'll fully admit it. I was excited and I was a little nervous and scared. Um, yeah. I'm and I immediately, <laughs> not because you're scary, <laughs> no, because no, I, I was like, that was the biggest thing. And so it's that who of who is helping me learn and become empowered in something that I have as an intent of mine and a goal that I have and who's going to totally. hold me softly through the steps in order to feel like I can do it. Yeah. And you do well, that. You're, that's again, like, wow, I I feel amazing. It's it's Christmas morning, New Year's Day all over again. <laughs> but um, I um, I really appreciate that. Of course, that feedback makes me feel really good. And um, I feel like, yeah, my approach is with makeup in general, with beauty, with hair, hair and makeup, because um, I do both, 
it's oh, it is overwhelming and it is really scary. And there are way, just like television shows these days, there's way too many products. <laughs> it's not, it shouldn't be that we're not aware. My boyfriend said the other day, he's like, how did I not know a major director was making a TV show with a huge Hollywood star? How did I miss that? But um, same goes with makeup. Because there's and so much. There's too much. Yeah. And it's it's both exciting. I maybe shouldn't even say too much. Like it's great. There's all these opportunities. There's all these new products. There's something for everyone. But you're absolutely right. It is scary. It is overwhelming. That's all super valid and real. And, well, yeah. and I think it's hard just to it's hard when there's so much information and so many choices. So we do to that point, at least for me, rely on experts, whether it's from an expert like you or a trusted website, or there's some some pieces of knowledge to at least feel like you're coming in as a conscious consumer and a knowledgeable consumer. And so having more choices also means that we have to take it upon ourselves to learn more or have someone we trust. So with right. that, I would like to just get a few you know, insider tips um, sure. for people that maybe are starting from scratch. Number one, products. Um, you know, I know we had a converse, we've had conversations around the fact that you're, what I love again, your recommendations can go from CVS or, you know, pharmacy drugstore to, you know, high end makeup counters. What is just um, a way that a consumer can come in with? some base level just considerations to start maybe weeding out the the buckets of no and then the buckets of yes? Sure. That's a great question and a big one. And it's really good to start that process early. Like if we, I do think before you come in to meet with me or whoever, if you're ever working with any beauty specialist, it's a good thing to start thinking about because you'll definitely get more out of your time together. And you'll also know pretty quickly um, once you share what's important to you, if you click. And I think backing up a tiny bit, it's like my approach to makeup is really about being playful, honest about who you are, um, recognizing it's not a permanent thing. It's going to change just like how you're going to change how you feel throughout the day and night. And thinking about those things too, when you're coming into what am I looking for in my kit, my bag, my day-to-day. I think when choosing products for me, um, when choosing products for myself and for another person, then for me, the number one thing is inclusivity in terms of, I'll think about, I think about a lot of things, but I'll think about, okay, is this is this brand, um, how is their, how, what are their advertisements look like? Are they using models that represent everyone? Um, are there, is their shade range inclusive? You know, are there foundations and concealers only for white people? And, or are they inclusive and have a huge array of shades? And those are things that are really important to me and that I really, I like to keep brands like that in in the rotation. Um, it might come up that some of the things with that brand might not tick certain boxes. And then we can kind of go deeper into that. Like maybe you love a brand, um, maybe you love a brand that how they present themselves, how, what are, where are they donating money? What does their, what do their ads look like? And their inclusive shade ranges, but maybe, maybe some products aren't vegan within their line. And so maybe it's really important to you that a product is vegan. And so then I can come in and 
marry the two, uh, help find a balance where it's like, well, how can we find a brand that maybe represents, that maybe can hold multiple values? Um, or maybe we can talk about some compromising that can happen there. So that if you come in with like, for example, my number one thing is I want everything to be vegan and creamy or fragrance-free, creamy texture, no powders. That's great for a great place to start. And then I can come in and be like, that's wonderful. Here's some other things too that maybe you haven't thought of in terms of like when you choose, where you're putting your money and does that also align with your values? There's so much to think about. And I think that that can be a really, it's a really important and fun conversation. And it goes so beyond like, I want to look hot, (laughs) buy me the products that make me look hot, which is also a perfectly valid thing to say. And that could be your number one value. That could be the number one thing. And that's that's fine too. That's great. That's a, that there's certainly days where I'm like, I want to look hot. (laughs) Like how to help me look hot. That's great. But, um, yeah, there's just, there's other things we can like take a breath and think about in there as well so that you're not shutting yourself out of brands that maybe they don't tick a certain box, but maybe they tick like five other boxes that are important to you. So there's like this balance there that's really important and that I can help, help with. Um, So I guess in one word, your value system and keeping an open mind through the lens of your value system when you're approaching what products you want to use. Love that. So it sounds like it's like value system. What I'm hearing is I always say where for me, it's where your values, what does it look like to where your values and thinking, keeping in mind progress, progress over perfection sometimes and looking at it from a holistic view. And then what are your physical goals? So it's like, how, how do we, marry those two. Um, I have one kind of final question then in terms of speaking of the inclusivity piece, um, with different skin shades and, um, representations. I also want to talk about as I, you know, recently reached 40, I have a lot of clients that are hitting 50, 60, something that, um, 70, 80, I get a lot of questions about, of you look at a lot of ads and it's beautiful, smooth, skin, it's, you know, whether it's edited, airbrushed, what it is, what would be just again, super high level, your tips for once we start getting texture in our skin. Um, and because I know things, things change in that realm. Texture, texture, texture. I love that word. Um, and it's really important in art, um, makeup, all of it. I I feel like with texture, so any makeup and how it looks, And to get your makeup to a place where you're really happy with how it looks on your skin. Um, And I can't talk about this without touching my own skin (laughs) so I can think about it. Um, It starts with taking care of your skin. And before you put, before you reach for any makeup product, primer, foundation, concealer, anything, it's really, are you hydrating? Everyone look at Natalie, she's drinking water. I'm being bad. I'm sucking down coffee. But um, yeah, it's about taking good care of your skin because that is how um, that's going to, your makeup is going to look as, it's going to reflect how you're taking care of your skin. And that goes hand in hand with texture. So having a good skincare routine, 
keyword there, routine, like that you're you're staying consistent with how you take care of your skin. Hydration, incredibly important. I know that's reflected right now, like um, in the BU style posts um, from uh, that I've been collaborating on and. Hydrating is going to help with that drier texture that can make someone unhappy with what their makeup looks like um, or feeling like, oh, my makeup is settling in lines or in pores. I was going to say, what about those crow's feet? I'm just going to say it. What about those crow's feet? (laughs) Well, no, no, totally. Crow's feet. I'll try to, yeah, smile lines, frown lines. Um, It's a lot of it is... um, Using a good moisturizer, using a there are primers that can you would put on. That's something you'd put on before you do concealer foundation. A primer that works well with your skin type. So that's really important to think about when shopping for a primer. A primer will help prevent makeup from settling in those lines, from settling in, from helping from pores be so visible. Minimizes I didn't know about a primer when I started. I learned about yeah. primer again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pri- um, primer is a great tool and there are so many out there for all different skin types. And then also going back to like my approach being there's truly no right or wrong with makeup and it's not, uh, there are no hard and fast rules when it comes to makeup. So also um, I'm knowing, I think it's helpful for people to know uh, before they book with me, like I'm not coming at it from lines, wrinkles, pores are bad and need to be erased and hidden. But if that is a, a concern of yours, because I, to be clear, I don't think they're bad. I think they're cool. I think they're beautiful. And I like when skin looks like skin. I like when you can see the real person through their makeup with their makeup on. But if it's a concern of yours, there are options. And I would say one word, there, if you want to think in terms of makeup, is hydrating your skin and a primer before putting makeup on. And then the beauty blender would be three because a beauty blender acts like um, what I'm doing right now to my face, patting mm-hmm. my skin with my fingers. A beauty blender mimics that finger texture so that it's really pressing and blending the makeup into your skin, keeping your makeup looking like glowy, fresh, hydrated skin. So those would be the three things. I love that. And I think that one thing I like is, I mean, for me, it was this, it was more like, I've got these things because I laugh a lot and I smile a lot. So that's just a manifestation of the joy that I have in life. And I'm so lucky to be able to be someone who has reasons to smile and laugh a lot. And it was the fact that I don't want it to look, and for me, it was, I don't want it to look like I'm covering it up. I just want my makeup to move with the natural movement on my face. So that's what I love about you saying, I want your skin to still look like skin. It's like, you don't want it to look like this, like mask you can peel off. Um, Yeah. No, I think that's great. The enhancement. It's the enhancement. I think to like put a button on that, it's like, Thinking about what part of your face, if we're just focusing on the face, what part of your face do you want to highlight and make the focus? And that can be a way to um, draw your own eye, draw another person's um, eye to like where where do you want to direct the attention that day? So if you're concerned about, gosh, I really don't like my if you don't like, let's say your frown lines, it's like, well, maybe, maybe for the certain day, if you're feeling that way, do an eye focus, like draw the attention up. 
Um, and that being said, if you're someone using injectables or filler, anything like that, that there's no judgment there and that that some people choose to do that to um, manage those things, manage lines, manage to minimize pores, and that that's great too and another tool in the kit, so to speak. It's so- be you. Be you. Be what you want to do. And your job and our job with you know you being part of this beautiful umbrella is to just help people accomplish their personal goals. And so that's what I love. And I just want to thank you for this beautiful conversation. I have a feeling you'll be back with even some more specific Oh, cool. tips that maybe we can do, you know, if you're open a segment where if people have questions, pop in, ask them so yeah. we can answer them on our content. Oh my gosh, we can answer can them in, in a blog post. <laughs> oh my God. Next time we're going to have, at some point we're going to have call in like old yeah. school radio next time <laughs> when we give people a heads up. Um, but thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you. And for all the listeners, we're going to tag all this, but you can follow Rebecca on Instagram at beauty by Rebecca Robles for makeup and hair. Um, and then her personal and performer Instagram page, which I also love because she has some very funny stories sometimes, um, is at Lobster Bisque. Again, we'll link all of this. And also you can book her virtual and in-person makeup shopping and consulting services like I did um, on, under the business website. And that's www.bu.style. And then on the homepage under the navigation, you can go under the heading individuals. As always, like I said, I'll link it all in the show notes. And remember, filters are a thing. Makeup doesn't have to be contoured in a TikTok tutorial or it can be. It simply is just another way to showcase and enhance who you are. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining another Where Who You Are Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow along for episode news, updates, and other bonus style insights on Instagram through my business account at BUStyle. That's the letters B, U, and Style. Or my personal account at Natalie underscore Tincher. And don't forget to subscribe to Where Who You Are wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again. See you next time.